We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody do another edition of the Rock Ball Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer Chris Kruger. To my left, Mr. Iman Azizi, Q42 Barbecue, here in studio with us tonight. And Chris, we're all here to raise a glass and toast because the contractual gangster Brandon Bean has done it again. There we go. Cheers, Cheers gentlemen. Speaking of gentlemen, it's so good when it hits your lips. This is not a bad whiskey. Dude, I, I don't care who thinks it's awful. I mean, it it is... went up a dollar. It's fifteen ninety nine now. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just outing ourselves as cheap jerks. Ah, oh, folks, he's no uh, Cosa Nostra. He's more Bills Mafia. But regardless of what family he belongs to, there is no escaping the idea that Brandon Bean is a gangster when it comes to just strategically structuring contracts and how he navigates free agency. Like, it's just, there's no... Chris, this is a franchise, is the Buffalo Bills, that if you go back just over the course of our individual lifetimes, you were a little bit older than us. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Chris, we're both almost 40. Yep. Okay. We've seen this team make so many low-value decisions. Yeah. (laughs) So many. I'm excited to hear some of these names. Well, here's the thing. When you you talk about how bad it's been, and then you try to use what we've seen, because by now it almost seems commonplace, right? Yeah. I don't think the man is getting his due. And this show is a celebration of Brandon Bean. I think that we've become numb to the idea that he's just really good at this. You need, in order to really appreciate it, you have to take a step back 
And you have to think to yourself, like, it's easy to laugh at the free agency signings of this franchise that just cratered. Uh, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Langston Walker, was oh, it? Oh, yeah, that was one. Langston Walker and Derek Dockery. Mm-hmm. And they signed, like, the two biggest offensive linemen in the NFL and then got him out there and said, let's run a no-huddle offense. I'm sure this will go well. <laughs> you know, fat guys move really well in the heat. Was I've that, heard this. Was that Doc, uh, was it Derek Docker, Dockerty? Dockery. Yeah. yeah Do- was that the Rex Ryan era? No, 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 no. Pre- no. That was way before. <laughs> You're talking, you got to go back to like JP, Trent, Trent Edwards-ish. Okay. Like Lossman Edward, Edwards-ish somewhere in there. Some of those years just blend. Like, you, yeah. like then that's the thing. We had bad coaching. Right. So obviously you couldn't trust it. We had no quarterback play to speak of. So when you make when you swing and miss on a free agent signing, it's more glaring when everything around them is crap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because we were counting on him. Like, that's it. Like, the results are predictably disastrous. But what about the guys that were just so mediocre that most of us have even forgotten they wore our jersey? Mm -hmm. Right here. Look at that. What do you got there? Mark? Yep. Mark Anderson. Ah, yes. Uh, Mark Anderson signed. I remember he had 10 sacks with the New England Patriots. We signed him and we went, him? Mario Williams? <laughs> this is it. This That's is right. man from heaven. Um, Mark Anderson, he, had, he played uh, one fucking sack, five games, and then never played in the NFL again. Yeah, what happened to him? He got hurt. And then the following year, like, still wasn't right when camp rolled around, and they were like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing? And I guess he just wasn't rehabbing. Like, he was just like, nah, you know what? I got paid. I got my guaranteed money. Fuck y'all. Oh, we're wiki, wiki here. This will be, be Mark Anderson's quite the common name, so it'll be... Well, nobody... Oh, here we go. This guy, We'll see if it, <clears throat> if it says anything. 12 combined tackles, one sack, a season-ending knee injury. On July 23rd, 2013, he was released by the Bills after just one season of a four-year deal. People don't even remember the name Mark Anderson. It took me a second there. Yeah, it was a terrible signing. We got, like, that's probably the worst value you could get, right? Yeah, I I bet we've done worse, though. Well, well, yeah, but it was a four-year, $21 million deal. Did he get all that money? Well, I mean, it was, I think, like, it was partially guaranteed. So yeah, that was before, before they did the... So he made, but he made, like, 10 mil, at yeah. least. Do they have that stuff on... Um... I'm sure it's on Spotrack if you Googled it. But so, how about linebacker Andra Davis? Yeah. That was the uh, Changeli, Wanstead, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna turn this thing around. The fuck you are? <laughs> what are you talking about? I I remember George Edwards as our defensive coordinator, and the the offense was scoring thirty points a game, and we were still losing football games. Mm-hmm. And then we we fired him for Dave Wanstat. Oh yeah, and everyone goes, all right, see, everything's gonna be fine. Him and Andre Davis are gonna save the day. Head coach experience. Andre- Seven million nine hundred thousand guaranteed for Mark Anderson. Ooh. Do you know how many million that is per sack? Oh, that's right, because he only had one. It's 7.9. It was a very important sack, though. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Andre Davis goes on to have no sacks, two tackles for loss in 22 games. That was it? That's it. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, how about Dewan Edwards? Oh, hold on. That name. Yeah. Dewan Edwards. Mm. 
Yeah, four years, eighteen million dollars for some. He was basically nobody with the Ravens, and for some reason, the the Bills were like, "We need that guy. That guy is going to be our five five tech D end that's going to make a difference." Um, was he I a had, big? Was he a big guy? Big guy. Okay. He was a defensive end, but like a three four defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and a half sacks in two years. <laughs> but all that Raven success would come over to us. Yeah, if we got yep. somebody like him. He knew how to win. Outside linebacker Sean Merriman. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like people think about T.O., right? Like when you talk about <laughs> washed up vets that the Bills signed, immediately your brain goes, well, Terrell Owens. Mm-hmm. Like that was publicity stunt. What was Sean Merriman? The dude gets busted for PEDs, comes back, is obviously a shell of himself. In fact, he's the reason that I don't trust DeAndre Hopkins. Because him and players like him who get busted for PEDs and get significant suspensions mm-hmm. don't ever seem to come back and play better. No. Like, that's not a thing. Chris, who's the last guy who got busted for using performance-enhancing drugs and then came back and was like, Hey, guys, I'm off the juice. I'm actually a better football player. You should give me millions. Oh, I don't know about football, but Iman might have an opinion on this. Probably Ryan Braun. That's for exactly the, for the Brewers. Yeah. Yes. See, Iman and I are on the same page. Yeah, because you're both of, like horseshit baseball. <laughs> baseball is phenomenal. It is. Baseball is a terrible game. You could literally you could cut this. You could cut the entire season down into like two months. And then do like this giant, like the playoffs are, the playoffs are the only watchable part of baseball. Everything that happens in the regular season is just nonsense. I was watching regular season baseball last night. Get this. Uh, I don't even remember who Cincinnati was playing. The Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. I bet on it. Yeah. Because walk off home run for the Reds. And I happened to be watching it. It was a great finish to the game. Drew, uh, Father's Day is a week and a half away. Don't forget what your gift is. Uh-oh. What's my gift? 50% off for MLB.TV. <laughs> you can watch all the baseball you want this summer. Uh, what What is that cost? What is 50%? It's like 70 bucks. I already bought it. It's already on sale. <laughs> you can watch the away and home feeds. But you don't get the in, you don't get the Indians, the Pirates, the Mets, or the Yankees. Well, what the fuck are we doing here? That, that they're all they all claim Buffalo as a home market. You can watch so all the Jays games, so they're you want. blacked out. Oh, good. So I can pay seventy dollars a month to watch Jays games. They well, that's brand new. That they that they used to have Jays games claim Buffalo as a home market because you know Toronto is in another country. So let's claim an American city. As our home market. Yeah, but well, then hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Then why the fuck can't Buffalo claim Toronto as part of its home market? And all of a sudden, we become a top three TV market. Fuck, fuck this. Fuck baseball. This is all stupid. I, I, you just, you know what? I'll buy that thing just so I can hate watch the A's. Fuck them. Fuck their owner. I hope they're over. And everyone goes, that's not fair. Stop making jokes at our fan base's expense. Screw you guys, too. All right, you guys are the suckers who rooted for a team that was owned by a, just a turd, and this is what you get. You should have boycotted him a decade ago. Let me ask you this: How many games did the Bills win last season? I believe thirteen, thirteen or fourteen. I think it was thirteen. All right. Any idea how many wins the Athletics have right now? <laughs> how many? Fourteen. Yeah. There you go. That's good baseball, baby. They're, they're 
14 and 50. In fact, now I want to go to an A's game and just this, so I can get hammered in the stands and no all, one cares. They no just won a series against the Pirates. So they just took two Another out of three. shit team. So what you're telling me is I could go to that game and treat it like I treated watching the movie True Grit, where me and my buddies just got annihilated in the theater and then just yelled things, and there was no one who could stop us. I was at an A's-Orioles game in, like, 15, and it was so empty. and It's like the old Cleveland Stadium where it's just ginormous. They'd hit the ball, and it would go... Kah, kah, kah. <laughs> it just echoed throughout. I'll never forget walking by the nacho stand, and the lights were kind of dim, and the girl just had her head in her head in her arms because there were just three thousand people there for this Tuesday night Orioles game. It's phenomenally bad. You're, you know what? The last thing I'll say about baseball because this is a football podcast and the sports stinks. But I do like a couple things. I saw something. Two things. First of all, your Orioles. Is it true that God? Uh, uh, the, the lights, the Cal conspiracy Ripken? theory with Cal Ripken oh, and the yeah. lights. He caught Kevin Costner cheating on his like sleeping with his wife. He went to the ballpark, forgot something at home, came home, and she was banging Kevin Costner. Yeah. So he fought him, hurt his hand, and they thought like, oh no, we can't have the streak is all our franchise has. <laughs> it's the only reason anyone cares about us is Cal Ripken's streak. So they made up a story that the lights were broken. Yep, malfunctioning lights. I don't know why, but that story just makes me yeah. so happy. And then the other night, I saw this thing, and in fact, I tr I texted it to our friend Reed Ferguson, and I said, this is crazy. So, Nolan Ryan made 41 starts and pitched 332 innings in 1974. Jacob deGrom and Chris Sale have combined for just 362 innings since 2020. Nolan Ryan was a horse. People, why he's the, no one will ever touch his strikeout record? Because the guy, first of all, he played until he was an old man, which is unheard of now. And also, because he was a horse. Yep. That was back in the day when they're like, well, rest. That was back when he could smoke in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, and this is what I said to Reed. I go, I don't know what's crazier. The fact that he was a workhorse in 1974, 11 years before I was even born. Or that he was still awesome and he was still good enough to beat up Robin Ventura when I was like five. That's right. <laughs> like, I don't know what's better about this. this that is, might be the best baseball brawl of all yeah. time. So we were at a party at one of my dad's friend's house. A bunch of guys just hanging out. And I went and I got to see, like, when you watch that happen in real time as a kid, you're like, baseball rules. <laughs> that old man just fought that young guy. Amazing. <laughs> I digress. I digress. We've talked way too much baseball. I was I, waiting in for fact, you to I gotta cut take, that off. I gotta wash it down. Gotta Go rinse, back to football. Gotta rinse all the baseball out of my mouth. Excuse me. So Sean Merriman, two years, ten million, fifteen games, two sacks, five tackles for loss. <laughs> in his in his fifteen games, I see that jersey at the stadium once in a while, though. Yeah, because some loser was like, "Sean Merriman's here. Yeah. Let me shell out ninety dollars." Because that was, but Chris, that was before the internet. That was before like the internet was really pumping out the Chinese jerseys. Yeah, so somebody yeah. paid full value for that. I remember seeing him and putting all my pictures of the game on Flickr. Oh my so, god, it was that era. How about Larry Triplett? Yep, remember that one. Larry Triplett, Robert Royal. Ooh. Percy Harvin. Yep. Chris. Percy Harvin was at the start of our podcast. 
there have been a lot of times that this franchise has taken decent money, like not mind blowing, but decent money and thrown it at players who you they're so forgettable that it takes an exercise like this to even like jog the memory to be like, oh, yeah, that guy was here. Mm-hmm. He was here and he was bad. They were they were so, they were so nothing that they, they're erased from your memory now. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, Montucky and <laughs> the gentleman. We no longer can, our, our brains just no longer retain these things. It's better. It's better that way. And the thing I one of the things I think that gets lost when it comes to looking at all the moves Brandon Bean made this offseason. And I kind of want to get this out before I get too good of a buzz and I forget to talk about it. It's this concept that while people might pan the fact that like some of his high profile draft picks, the second and third round, right? Like it has not been kind to Brandon Bean. Yep. Chris, very upset. Chris, we've talked about how day two is usually a bad spot for it the Buffalo is. Bills. Uh, what, Ford, Moss, Epinesa, Basham, I mean, maybe Cook and Torrance can be the two that kind of break that cycle. He has mitigated all of that by just being really fucking good at finding value in free agency. That's it. And I don't know that there's another GM out there that can claim that kind of success on a regular basis. Like, Chris... This offseason, 13 free agents get signed to contracts of less than $3 million. Like, if we're talking about cap space. 11 of them had a cap hit of less than $1.7 million. Now, that sounds like a team that's literally just trying to flesh out its practice squad. Like, you're just putting bodies on the field at that point. Except, like, these aren't arbitrary players. Look at the guys they've brought in. Taylor Rapp. Who I think is, I mean, I really do believe that this is a player who they think can help mitigate whatever linebacker coverage issues they're going to run into yep. without Tremaine Edmonds. Dave Questenberry, he's an average tackle, but they trust him to start seven games last year. Uh, this Trent Sherfield, big, fast, physical wide receiver to replace Jake Kumaro on special teams, and he still gives them a little more juice on offense than Kumaro did. Yep. Uh, Damian Harris. He becomes what Devin Singletary was, just the guy where we're going to give you this between the tackles. We're not going to throw it to you much. We're not going to do anything fancy. But you are now going, like, you see the success that he had in New England? That was against teams that knew they were trying to run the football because they didn't have a fucking choice. Because Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, I mean, they are what they are. Matt Patricia. And at the same time, Damian Harris ground out some really respectable seasons. Now, Devin Singletary... Like, if you go to, like, uh, well, what is that, that next-gen stats? You look at rushes year over year against light boxes. Devin Singletary is in the top 5 to 10 every single season for box, rushing against boxes with fewer defenders. You're now taking a back who did more with less, yep. and you're giving him that runway. And I know uh, Bill's famous linebacker, Steve Tasker, was talking the other day about... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, he had some stat, like Singletary had one of the most fumbles per carry of the last few years. There was something like that. He was like, you take that those turnovers and those fumbles away, it's a whole, whole different ballgame a few times. Like That's fair. That's you know. fair. Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson started six games after Von Miller went down with his injury, right? Veteran presence... I mean, he was part of a defensive end group that he, he made plays when he had to. Yep. Right? Like, he was respectable. Dean Marlowe, who this coach loves, mm-hmm. who loves to be here, he's just here. 
And then this, I guess they just signed Cam Dantzler. Cam Dantzler. Chris, you want to give that a goog? Put that up there in front of you. This mind? sounds like Bart Simpson calling into Moe's Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> who, would, who the hell am I looking up? Cam Dantzler. D-A-N-T-Z-L-E-R. Oh, that is, that is a real person. Yeah, yeah they sign, signs with the Bills. This is from uh, All the other, Pro okay. Football Focus. So, they bring, pro, in an, pro football so they bring in another veteran cornerback. Third round pick of the Vikings in 2020. Just because. Yeah. Just because, fuck it, why not bring this guy in? Remember how deep we had to go last year at corner? Remember how deep we had to go at a lot of secondary Rhodes. positions, and they're just like, "Hey, so you've got these all of these guys here, right?" And the crazy thing is, is that I know it's not possible that the Bills can keep all of them that they've just signed to keep tra- cheap contracts. I mean, think about the re-signings that they managed even before Tyler Matakevich is still here. Mm-hmm. Like, but the fact that these guys signed up here, knowing that. Knowing that, like, hey, I have a prayer of a shot to make this roster, and they're still here, just, I don't know. What does it say about your football team? It says we have good uh, people actually want to be here. Chris, what does it say about your GM's ability to work agents and just go, hey, listen, Chris. He's, he's a gangster, and with, he. I wish I had told you to queue up that numbers drop, because this is where it's. This is where it's probably most prevalent, probably most necessary. You give me a second, I can pull it up. But I mean, Bean probably just tells people, "Hey, you know, got well, this really good football like, team." Well, no, hang on, I see. I already set. <laughs> let me set the scene. Their agent shows up, or their agent like their their agent's like it's weird. He wants to meet me in person. They walk in, the blinds are down. It's kind of like smoky. He's got a cigar. They come in and they go, "Listen, hey, it's nice to meet you. Whatever." And he goes, my client will not play for less than X. And he just slides a piece of paper across and says this. Come on, sweetie. No, don't be a bitch. Let's talk some numbers here. And that's it. He just hits him with it. And all of a sudden, you've got decent football players playing for peanuts. Mm-hmm. And no one can figure out why. Yep. Look around the I mean, look around the division, Chris. The Jets, 11, 11 deals worth less than $3 million. Okay. They got some value. They got a defensive L Woods, a defensive tackle mm-hmm. who's not terrible. Center, right tackle depth, a punter and a kicker who were both cut by other teams. Like, but the only ones with any real utility are all over the age of thirty-one, except for Connor McGovern, yeah. the other Connor McGovern, yeah. who wasn't great. Which is part of the which is part of the reason their quarterbacks all kept getting hurt. Who was the uh, in the Weinstead era? The dude he got all he was our GM. He was like, I heard rumors he had a big Southern draw. People don't want to come to Buddy, Buddy Nicks. Buddy Nicks. Buddy Nicks. Jesus. Yeah, he's like, that, that's a lie. You wouldn't know the conversations I'm having. No, and then he got recorded. Remember, yeah. he got recorded. <laughs> that fake number. That was a, that uh, fake number, and actually got him on the phone with Tampa Bay's GM, and then recorded both of them having a confusing conversation. Yep. yep. And it was like, this is ridiculous. You're both old and dumb. I remember him trading up for T.J. Graham in the third round. Yeah. And going, we were riverboat gambling. <laughs> Meanwhile, they could have had Russell Wilson. That was some dark. That was just dark times of, I I I think there was truth to it that they didn't want to come here. So it's it's kind of cool to see see it turn the other way. No, for sure. I mean, and then you think about this. 
I just, at the 11th hour, right, when you figure, okay, the dust and free agency is settled, Bean is done with no cap space to work with because you already have a franchise quarterback, a pro, an all-pro cornerback, pro bowlers all over your roster elsewhere. You found a way to still bring in guys who will make an impact for your football team that season. At the 11th hour, he goes out and makes more moves. Not just throwaway bullshit moves, but real football maneuvers that will impactfully reshape your roster and boost rods winning a Super Bowl. Chris, that's masterclass stuff right there. Like, up there with learning how to smoke a brisket with... uh, uh, what's his face? Who does the master class? Aaron, Aaron Franklin. Franklin? Uh, sure, Gordon Ramsay's up there. Is that, Iman, is that, is he the one to have for master class on a brisket? Yeah, because he makes it, he's a real nice fella. And it's like the stuff he does is. I don't care if he's nice, does he do it correctly? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> he, he does, Chris, it's oh, yeah. all he enjoys. It's like you and podcasting. It's like you and sitting down here behind a microphone or being a dork doing editing. It's his pain. I love it. And exactly. I read his book. How do I not have a master class on production? <laughs> I read his book, and he tells the story of how he just made really bad briskets for a while. Like, he's very self-aware of, like, how he learned how to master it, and now he's got it down pat, took it to scale. Like, he sold out of a shack for a while and figured it out. What I like about him is he has no energy. Mm-hmm. He's a very low-energy guy, kind of like you, Chris. So when, you're talk- <laughs> so when you talk to him, you just know that he's like, it's very consumable because you go, he's not Guy Fieriing me. Yeah. Instead, he's just, hey, guys, we're here smoking a brisket today. Here's what I'm going to show you. You get a little bit of this peach paper. You know why I like peach paper? Because it just it lets it breathe a little bit. It's like, it's yeah. like you and me having a yeah. conversation. Except with less me and more you. <laughs> well, we're getting ready for the, the state competition here. That's, oh, yeah. That's When is that? July 15th. July 15th. Erie PA. We're going to go down to Erie PA and serve everyone their asses. <laughs> Hand me that gentleman. Oh, that's what you were wanting. Yeah, let's... What else was he pointing to? Your beer? That's what I was like. <laughs> yeah, it's a beer. <laughs> yeah, give me that beer, Iman. Drew didn't like how you were nursing that beer. He wanted to finish it for you. Now he's looking for the gentleman. It's like when you point at something for a cat, and you just have to take your finger all the way down to it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have an amazing GM. Let's all just celebrate oh, yeah. that. Before we talk That's about the moves themselves. I already finished my Manhattan. You, you, look at look at See the glass he made a Manhattan in? Tell wow. me that sun enraging. It's a wine glass. <laughs> this is a Nick and Nora glass. You don't drink whiskey out of that. Bite you. Look at that. Do you want to eat my cherry? I don't eat the cherry. No. I'm no? Gonna, I want to put you in a headlock is what I want. Nolan Ryan? Nolan Ryan. He's about to be Robin <laughs> Ventura. So let's talk about this. First of all, the Ed Oliver extension. I'm not going to lie to any of you. I did not see this coming. Same here. A couple weeks ago, dr- drinking in my basement, doing a Spaces podcast, and I was talking about the idea that the Justin Simmons or Jeffrey Simmons extension I go, man, $90 million for a D-tackle. What does that do? Because we all know in free agency, rising tides float all boats. So you go, here's a guy who's been very successful getting a very lucrative defensive tackle contract. I don't know where Ed Oliver slots into this conversation, but if it boosts him too far, that's not going to fly. Like if it, if, it, if it all of a sudden makes him an $80 million mm-hmm. player, I don't know that this team can afford to have an appetite for that. And so that's what fueled a lot of the trade talk heading into the draft and heading into 
even post-draft. They're like, well, they could still deal him and get a pick or get a player or DeAndre Hopkins or whatever it was. Like, I don't know. Just, what was the contract breakdown? The contract breakdown is actually really interesting. It's one of the more interesting parts about this. Did he get like a $10 million signing boat bonus and a horse? Hey, at least he didn't pull a Russell Okun and ask for Bitcoin. How does that? How does that idiot feel right now? <laughs> what a lose! Which is hilarious because if he was here right now, he would pancake block me to the floor. Yeah, but he's not, so I get to make fun of him. But, but with that said, like the money, the contract structure is probably the reason that I give Brandon Bean just a giant round of applause. Because it's not just one of those things where, hey, sign a deal, we give you a cheap, like the Von Miller thing, where it's a one-year, super cheap, just to get you in. Mm -hmm. We'll figure out the money next year when some stuff comes off the books and frees up, and then we'll figure it out from there. We get two years of that. Two years of cap hits that are like, like I think his money was like 2.3 and the cap hit was like 4. Mm -hmm. And then next year the cap hit goes up to like, like I, I actually have the numbers here. So here's the thing. Look at this. He has the 11th highest defensive tackle contract in the NFL right now. Right now with this. Which I think is important because he's only 25. And it almost seems like all of these like free agents we've inked this offseason, just like those guys, he recognized the fact that, oh man, I could chase a bag... Or I could go play for a really talented football team and maybe win a maybe win a title and also still get mine. And I think the coaching staff had to have a lot to do with they. You can see how good he can be. Mm -hmm. He can be great. And if they they see something, they know something. I, I mean, or you can go play for the Bears and exactly. watch that franchise try to figure <laughs> out whatever the fuck they're doing. So he's right in the middle of the pack now in terms of total defensive tackle compensation. Like that's the thing. His his out of if you look at the total value of his contract, it's sixty eight million. That puts him eleventh. That's about where he belongs, yep. don't you think, Chris? Like True. He doesn't deserve to be in the top five. Yeah. But at the same time, he's not a slouch. No. There are probably what if he's eleven, there's probably twenty nine other teams that would, or uh, well, what is it? Not twenty nine. Not we'll call it nineteen to twenty other teams that would take him. Yeah, I wonder if he saw his options too, like who would want him. And he's like, I'm not going to that. Well, yeah, clown show kind of thing. Well, it's like the it's the Tremaine Edmonds thing. You go, okay, you signed the fattest contract you possibly could. I wonder if that was part of their conversation too. Yeah. If if because I guarantee you they probably tried to make Tremaine Edmonds a, an offer. Yeah. But it's one of those things where they go, we know that this is what we will pay you. So it's probably, hey, we'll give you 68. Whichever one of you two wants to take, it gets to stay. Whoever doesn't, you're fucking out. And they, you watch him go to play for the Bears, and everyone goes, look at their defense is going to be amazing now. Is it? They're going to lose 9-3. to three. Well, that's it. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Who's your quarterback? Well, he's got wide receivers now. Is he a quarterback? Yeah. Can he throw the football well? Because if he can't, then I don't want to hear any more about this. Now, everyone's banking on the Josh Allen thing. Oh, Josh Allen is third year. Don't talk to me about this. Because it's all just fucking... But so, like, think about this. He makes half. His his practical guaranteed money, according to Spotrack.com, is half of what Aaron Donald still has to be paid. And that dude's 35 years old. Yeah. I had to make sure all the Twitter handles I saw tweeting about Ed Oliver were real. It wasn't like Buffalo Bills with a little zero stuck in or a dash. I was at a lake house 
almost drowning, but that's a story for another day. Uh, the structure on his deal not only ensured that the Bills could add sizable, like a sizable upgrade at pass rusher, right, before camp starts, but also means that not just in 2023, but also in 2024, his cap hit is among the league's lowest. So this is it right here. I have it. 29th highest defensive tackle in 2023 for cap hit. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Slightly more than Tim Settle, which is what makes his situation interesting. Oh, I forgot yeah, about him. Everyone forgot about yep. him. Talk about free agent signings yep. that are mediocre enough you forget they're there. And then Javon Kinlaw, who hasn't lived up to his, like, I don't know, 16th highest in 2024. He's still outside of the top 15 contracts next season for cap hit. Uh, Harrison Phillips. Mm-hmm. He's making slightly more than Harrison Phillips. Chris, doesn't that seem like a steal? It does. Like, Harrison Phillips is making almost the same as Ed Oliver next year. I'll take Ed Oliver over that. Anyway. I will take Ed Oliver over that all of yeah. the time. And then there's this philosophical angle to it that I think is really good. Like, uh, this is a quote from ESPN from Brandon Bean. He says, I would like to not end the season and be at zero, talking about defensive tackles under contract in 2024. That would be my hope, but it would have to make sense. If somebody that's here now, it would have to make sense to do an extension with any of those guys, so we have to see. You know me well, we found a way to sometimes do an extension or two in training camp, so maybe we look at it. And at that point, see where guys are at, who's all in, who's looking good. And if there's a chance to get one, we might look to lock somebody up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's that, that almost seems like a conversation he's having with the agent. He's not even talking to the media now. Whoever asked him that question is not there. Brandon Bean is like talking to the agent. He's like, hey, man, whoever shows up, looks like they're in shape, wants to be here, proves they want this. You can stick around. I need a guy. Do you want to be that guy? And that's the culture we got now. And I, does anybody I else? bet if, I bet, I mean, I see that. I bet if Brandon Bean had to, Construct this all over the phone with his agent. Pretty sure he said it to the agent over Zoom while talking into a microphone. <laughs> Which I'm just sitting here and I and right directly in front of me I have 
I have our ATEM software, and I just see you talking at Iman. Yep. You just talk into them. The conversation <laughs> happens into the microphone. Chris, I was For thinking the same sake. I, I saw I, God. I, I saw this happen, and I was like, Chris, I can feel I'm your ta- cringe. I'm the camera is on me right now, Drew. I am talking to you, and I'm talking to you through <laughs> I don't know the anybody, microphone. I don't know if anyone can this see. Is, that's how this is supposed to be done. I don't know if anyone can see how pleased I am with myself. <laughs> I, nothing makes me happier than making Chris upset about my lack of professionalism. <laughs> it's 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 a good it, Chris. Why do you think that sometimes I'm back here and I'm just because I enjoy I enjoy watching you squirm while it's happening or to your to your immediate left, yeah, like what you just were doing. I'm looking at the guy. I'm looking God. at the person I'm talking to. The conversation happens through the microphone. Talk uh, into the microphone. Iman's got headset on. He can hear you. You know who you are. You know you know who you are. One of my, the podcast that got me into podcasting, Robert Kelly's YKWd. Whenever he has Rich Voss on, he has this same conversation every time with Rich Voss. So what you're saying is, I am the for those of you who know comedy, I am the Rich Voss of podcasting. That's that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he also just, had terrible teeth. He yeah. also had really terrible teeth. Yeah, but he got them fixed in the 90s. Did he? They look like chiclets in his mouth. <laughs> he looked like Walter Matthau and Dennis the Menace when he fixed him with the chiclets. That, oh, my God. Either way, can we all agree that it's funny when you hear Brandon Bean just be really candid about stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's nice. It's refreshing that he's just, unlike our coach, Brandon Bean just comes up here and says shit. And he, he's like, look at this is how I feel. Somebody, somebody steps up. Somebody does something. We'll make it happen. But otherwise, I mean, nothing out here but air and opportunity, boys. And he meant that. Like he showed that he meant it. I also think that part of this was his. Like you also heard his annoyance after the draft when he talked about how he was upset that he missed out on a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. He missed out on one, and you say to yourself, he knew he needed something for the future, so that fits. He put the challenge out there. Look, somebody has to show up and show us as a team and as a staff that they want this, that they want to be here, that they bought in, that they're going to put in the work, show in for the offseason program already in shape. Don't you know, know what your responsibilities are. Come in with the right attitude. You do that, we'll make you the guy, kind of knowing all along that it was going to be at Oliver. Because this is the other thing he talked. he's talked about this offseason, Chris. The concept that... The Buffalo Bills, now that we have Josh Allen, are no longer a team that will be drafting in the top 10. Not unless we're lucky enough to trade away a safety to some other team for three first-round picks who doesn't get interceptions and doesn't pass cover well. The Seahawks are morons. Like, In fact, they're the reason the Jets are good right now. But what I will say is that like that dynamic isn't. It can't be overlooked. The Bills will no longer have a crack at a top 10 defensive tackle. That's not going to happen. For as, for as long as Josh Allen plays a most of a season under center, you will not be drafting inside the top 12 to 15, probably. And so with that in mind, when you have one on your roster, he's the bird you have in hand, you don't go chasing something else, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how deep is this? Because I know it's... Who gives a fuck? Ten month round picks. You don't no, know. It's ten months away. 
The draft and talk to me about the draft. Isn't the draft supposed to be super deep this year? I don't know. You got a a quarterback. I'm going to set a fire in the garbage. (laughs) He's talking about the draft 10 months from now. I'm just saying. I'll set a fire in the garbage can. You kick over the lights and we run out of here. (laughs) Kick over the lights. They're attached to the ceiling, you idiot. You watch. Now we all, we both know I can't get my leg that (laughs) I. For those of you who have seen me play softball, you know. (laughs) But so that move was a precursor to freeing up the cap space necessary to bring in Leonard Floyd. Now, I don't know if I'll ever get tired of hearing a player talk about how, you know, I came to Buffalo because I thought they were the best team. Yeah. I came here for the sole purpose of being able to compete for a Super Bowl, and they were the best team. They'll never get old. Mm -mm. I'll take that every day. Because he's a sicko, Eric Turner of Cover One already has a like a five to seven minute video breakdown of all the Leonard Floyd. Just he had it locked and loaded, and it came out the same day the signing was announced. Now, part of you wonders: Does he have a little bit of, a little bit of? He does, might have knowledge. Does he want to have a little bit of? A little. A little wink, wink. Yep. yep. But, but at the same time, like, good for him. Go check that out if you're interested in just the nitty-gritty X's and O's of Leonard Floyd's game. Like, one of the things I wonder about that guy, all the talk about body doubles that kind of circulated the Buffalo Bills over the course of this past winter, are we positive that Eric Turner doesn't have one? Because I don't know how you crank out content the way he does and also hold down a nine to five. It's like And have kids. And have two children. Jesus Christ. Iman, if you had a body double, what would you do? Like if you had a body double to write all the copy. Oh man, that'd be awesome. What would you do? What what's the first thing you would do with your free time? Iman AI. Yeah. Iman AI. <laughs> if you had that, what would you do with your free time? Cook every day. I would cook every day. Just make something, play a little MLB The Show, some baseball, um, drink more whiskey, so I wouldn't have to do work. So don't have to worry about that. Just figure out new new ways, new innovative ways to cook, new recipes. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Got it. Body double that you could shuffle off to the old tire factory. What would you do with all your newfound free time? Well, if I had a body double, first thing I would do is I would move it out of this house. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be able to stand my own body double if I had. Uh, I would just be like, "Go away." I know day, you're exactly me, but go away. And then one day that guy starts doing push-ups. Yeah, we all know, Chris. Chris, remember the video where you hurt yourself trying to do twelve, and I had to get you an ice pack. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. H- Hugo Carmona told me a hilarious story the last time he was here that when he was sick with COVID, he managed to do fifteen. <laughs> Hugo. Oh, you know, in Portugal, the push-ups are harder. <laughs> It's the, the gravity's different. The gravity's different. So, seriously, though, body double talk aside, Eric Eric Turner, great, great breakdown. Go watch it. There's a lot to like here, right? At 30, he's not quite this aged vet, and he's going to benefit from being a rotational player, not having to just be the 60-70% of the snaps guy. He's different than the Bills' typical defensive end archetype because when you think about what the Bills have been, 
Sean McDermott kind of falls into the same thing. I, we talked about it in depth during one of our shows here, but it was this idea that the reason a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow gives the Bills such fits is because whereas we do very well against mobile quarterbacks, like we've done pretty well against Lamar Jackson, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We have, historically. They play this containment game, and it's because they have these big physical defensive ends who are more maulers, and they play with more power and just that's how they win rather than guys who are bendy and fast and they win with speed and burst off the line. And so you look at it and you look at the pass rush struggles of the Bills year over year. We lose in that divisional game. Heartbreaker. But they're also nine missed sacks on Patrick Mahomes in that game where our DNs just couldn't close. And so then that offseason they go, fuck it, we're bringing in Von Miller. Mm-hmm. And immediately it starts to pay dividends and they're like, oh shit, this is great. Because you brought in a bendy athlete to mix with these big, stout, set an edge and just kind of crush a pocket type DNs. So what you do is you go in and you bring in another guy who wins that way, who is more of an edge bender, and he does have some counter moves to his pass rushes. And it's like, see, just speed. Just the Mm -hmm. speed that he plays at to complement these bigger and less sudden players like Rousseau. One of the things I think is weird about this offseason is that I haven't heard anyone, national media, local media, local podcasters, no one's been talking about Greg Rousseau. Do you know that he was quietly one of the best players on our defense last year? Yeah. 51 pressures, which led the team. 16.8 pass rush win rate, which led the team. When Vaughn was out, I noticed he stepped up. He stepped up. Nine sacks. Led the team. I don't know why he's not getting more shine as a guy who could be primed for a monster season. When you think about it in terms of what the draft process does to these young players. You know, uh, rookies come out all the time and talk about how their rookie year, you're training for the combine, you've got the draft and all this stuff. You're not in prep for football mode. So then you, you... Finally get to the NFL, you play your first season, but you're learning the entire way. And you're getting used to the speed and learning how to prep your body to be a professional athlete. Year two, you kind of now have a better understanding, but you're still walking. You're not running yet. Year three is supposed to be where these players really put it together and show you who they're going to be as professionals. Greg Rousseau has already been great for two seasons for us. If he's if he's not better, if he's just what he is now, he's still very good. If he's if he's better, holy shit! Like now you have something here, Mm -hmm. and so so I just I just think that's weird. And I I look at this and I go, this is a pass rush group that just the production dried up quicker than all the women at Canal Side when Chris goes shirtless rollerblading by the second that Von Miller got hurt. Like that's it. I mean, while I do that at the Outer Harbor. Outer Harbor, thank God. Thank God, away from all the broads <laughs> on a canal side and sundresses. Jesus, they'd turn tail and run. Chris, you'd ruin it for everybody. You know that, right? No, I didn't do shit. <laughs> I got Jessica. That's all I need. <laughs> so, Rousseau and his 51 pressures. Floyd finished the last season with 54. And he's 29 years old. Like that's pretty good. He's that's, like, yeah, he's like a Bryce Pop. 
What's it's it? what he reminded me of. Well, it's funny you say that because you go, okay, so people might cry about how like, oh, he's in L.A. and his career, he's, he's playing with Aaron Donald. How could you not be good? Well, he's going to be on a team that has a lot of other options. He's going to get his one-on-one matchups, and he has the tools to capitalize on that. And then you're talking about Bryce Pop. When Miller comes back, our defense is going to feature three players capable of 50-plus pressures in a season and more than five sacks all at the just the defensive end position. Mm-hmm. Just The Bills have not legitimately had that kind of depth before at this position. They no, haven't. Never. And people hearing that go, pfft. This team was way better. Blah, blah. Go back to the cold front days back in uh, the, the, the the 10s, right? The 2010s, that era of Bills football, we had Mario Williams, Jerry Hughes, and Jamal Westerman. Oh. Alan Branch. Mark Anderson. Mark Anderson. <laughs> the, wasn't wasn't the, Branch a Patriot, too? Yes. And don't forget Kyle Williams. Well, you had Kyle Williams at D-tackle, but I'm just talking about defensive end. Okay. When you look at ends and passers, I mean, technically, like, like those guys were ends. Mm-hmm. And they did not, it, it wasn't great, right? Not good, Bob. Go back to 93, the Bills had Bruce Smith, the best ever, Phil Hansen, and Mark Pike. <laughs> Everyone yeah. goes, I saw his eyes get big, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Mark, one sack Pike. Well, he hardly, he always played special teams. Yeah, that guy wasn't supposed to be out there. They had, there was no backups. There was no rotating. You didn't rotate. You just went out there. Like, I'm not saying there haven't been good players at defensive end for the Bills. You know, Chris, Kel, Chris uh, well, what is it? Chris Kelsey? Chris Kelsey. Schobel. De- decent. Aaron Schobel was... Aaron Schobel was a horse. I feel like he's one of those guys who gets forgotten in the annals of Bill's history now. And yet, because he gets overshadowed by Bruce Smith. He gets overshadowed by the fact that Mario Williams was here. Jerry Mm -hmm. Hughes recently had that kind of Iron Man stretch where he was just here and he was... No one talks about that guy. Mm -hmm. And yet he was amazing. I think he leads the Bills in terms of sacks on Tom Brady. Probably. Which makes him a winner in my book. Because fuck that guy. But I guess what I'm trying to say is there haven't, it's not that there haven't been good players on this football team at defensive end. And there's been a lot of guys around them who made them all solid. And they, as a defense, put out some really solid performances. But in a vacuum, with a healthy Von Miller, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, might be the best three-man defensive end rotation the Bills have had since I've since we've been doing this podcast. True. Okay. This gives the coaching staff the opportunity to slow play this Von Miller thing. And Von even said it. He came out, I, I think it was, was it Instagram? Was it some podcast thing he was doing? He was talking about how he feels more comfortable taking it slow, knowing that his guy is here. Like yeah. This guy, me and him are tight. Like, this is cool. He's going to be your hold on the fourth. I'll be working with him, talking to him. And, It makes me feel like I don't have to rush back. Yeah, the team feels the same way. Realistically, what's a timeline you want to see Von Miller back? Thanksgiving. November? Yeah, late October. October. I don't want to see him for the first half of the season. Because I think that you can win, you should be able to win without him. Yeah. Is Is he the thing? 
right? Like, there's only one guy who is the thing that, like, playing with a UCL injury. There's a reason he's playing through that. It's because he's the guy. He wins or loses you this football game. That's it. No questions asked. So, who, like, you want to preserve that for as long as you possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just, it also gives you injury protection because now you've got this super important position, whereas before we saw what happened when Von Miller went down. Now you've got options. Someone gets hurt, guess what? You've got more bodies. Who can actually play a high-level brand of football? Like, that's what it's all about. Who can play a high-level brand of football? Brought him in and did it on a sweetheart deal. Sweetheart deal. Like, sure, it means the team's going to have some difficult choices ahead. Like, remember what I was talking about, the deepest practice squad? Where I was like, look at these guys. Like, we are going to have one of the best practice squads in football. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens when your GM is a gangster. You find yourself in this position where you're going, holy shit, we have way too many good players on this football team, and I don't know how we're going to keep them all. And here's a little tease for next week's podcast. Did you guys know that every single season since he arrived in Buffalo, our GM has traded at least one player at the cutdown deadline? Oh. Except for one. There was one season, 2020, where he did not trade a player at the cutdown deadline. COVID? Yeah. Which tells you, and that's because they made all kinds of roster expansion things, so they were like, oh, okay, we don't have to cut anybody. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who knows how to maximize value. Now, sometimes it doesn't pan out, the Wyatt Teller thing. Yep. Not great. But also, you can bet your ass looking at this roster that there's moves coming. Who? Where? Who might be up for grabs? Dalvin Cook. (laughs) You're going to have to listen to our next podcast (laughs) next week to hear us wax poetic about it. Check it out. Be sure to hit up Q... What is it? Q42 Buffalo? Or the website? Yeah. Q42BBQ. BBQ. Q42BBQ.com for all your barbecue and sauce needs. How do you not know the website in Europe? Because, <laughs> listen, I'm new. I'm the new guy. I'm a temp, basically. Well, it used to... It's, what, oh, man, wait, Iman, let me ask you this. What is Drew's title? Right now, nothing. I'm, I'm coffee fetcher. Operations. Operations. I would, work in operations. I would set your title at... Director of Communications. So if there's a problem, you just let Drew handle it. <laughs> We're going to turn this over to our Director of Communications. I just come in with a hearty, fuck you. You have a problem with Premier Gourmet, Drew handles it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we're supposed to meet next week about this stuff, so let, let's get that figured out. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, uh, keep your eyes peeled for our next Grills Mafia meetup. In fact, we're going to be sitting down with uh, Reed Ferguson here in a little bit talking about that. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff coming. We've got podcasts next week. Make sure you check it all out. Most importantly, stay petty. I mean, that is the most important thing. Stay petty. Guys, I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. Zeman Azizi. This has been your Rock Pile Report. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.